I don't think that people are very remembered. Like you got to be a huge world changer to be in a history book, right? Yeah. And most people then in the modern day don't live their lives focused on the people in the history books, even if they're recorded, right? So the, yeah. like to have a, a real lasting impact, uh, a legacy is something that we can all do, but most of us do in faithfulness more in the family culture that we create rather than some global impact like Jesus had, yep. you know? So for me, a, a real thing that I think about is um, what would I like to be on my gravestone? Candidly, I'm kind of a, a cheap dude, like not cheap, but I'm, uh, I like to be frugal. So I might, there might not be a gravestone, I'm not really all about that. Like I'm trying to leave it all on, on the court now. Like I'm not really concerned, but the idea is still helpful. Yeah. And I think it's as simple as I would like people to think, you know, he, he followed Jesus and uh, he loved his kids. Mm-hmm. Well, they knew that he loved his family. what's up everybody welcome to the ur story podcast um you know so excited to bring this to y'all it's been something that god's put on my heart for a while and you know when i say ur story you know it's just affirming the fact that we're not just a part of the story but we are the story you know our incur we're meant to bring about encouragement meant to bring about growth and just by hearing somebody else's story to help you with yours. And like I said, that'll just affirm the fact that you're not just a part of the story, but you are the story. And it, it's like I said, it's been something that God's put in my heart for a while and I couldn't have done it by myself. So I have somebody who was a great help who just encouraged me so much to just get on with it and just to, to move on it and just jump on the great opportunity that God had given me. He also happens to be the pastor of my church, East City Church, and I have him here with me, Pastor Brian. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. I don't know if I would say that I'm the pastor of anything, but I, <laughs> I, I am your friend, and I uh, I teach the Bible where you go to church, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, just when I, when I first brought it, the idea up to you, you know, you were just essentially, to summarize what you said, it was just, there's no better time than now, which is actually the name of this episode, okay. No Better Time Than Now. And, you know, what made you just want to just jump on this so quickly when I brought the idea to you? Oh, because of you. You know, um, so my, uh, no, no matter what season I'm in in life, no matter what God, what assignment God has in front of me, um, I think the purpose and calling of my life is kind of unique. Um, some people in the old head church would call it exhortation. Um, in my modern understanding, I would say it's to help people find and fill their purpose. And so it really bothers me, like in a good way, to see somebody that is like full of potential and see where they're at and where they're going and see anything holding them back. And normally the thing that's holding people back is themselves. They're getting in their own way or they're like stutter stepping or they're like, I don't know, and or they're, or they're overthinking or they're, and I'm not putting this on you. It's everybody, man. Like everybody, it's me, it's everybody. So I think what God has done in me is 
helped me see people not only as they are, but as they can be. And I see that like in the now very real. And so when they don't see it, it frustrates me. So when you came in and it's like, oh, he's getting a glimpse of what I see and I've seen for a long time, it's like, what are you waiting on? That's that's why. It's just like, it's it's about you. And um, I really honestly believe that God has uh, prepared you for so many things that you are just on the threshold of, that it's just my job to be like, green light, green light, green light, gasoline, gasoline, gasoline. Yep. Go, 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 and that's really the fun spot in life. And I get to be in that spot for a few people, um, maybe maybe a lot of people really when I think about it over the years, and um, that's really a gift. It's one of my favorite things in life. So thank you for letting me be a part of yours, and thank you for doing what you're capable of. I don't think you know um, yet all that God is going to do, and all that you are going to see happen through your talent and ability and your gifting, not just in this project, but in so many projects, not just in this facet of your life, but in so many facets of your life that um, I'm just excited to see. I'm excited to see how that all, all unfolds. Um, so anyway, sorry to ramble on, but it's, it's just it's that simple. It's you. You're the person asking. and I'm like, yeah, man, what are you waiting on? Yeah, and I, I think that's such an important thing. You know, I think that's a gift as well to just kind of be able to see somebody and just be able to see their potential, see kind of see what God has in store for them. And we obviously we don't have all the answers, but I think in a way God kind of gives us that vision of where somebody could go and where they could be. You know, it reminds me of, of Moses. You know, a lot of people that knew Moses in his earlier life, they knew him as someone who pushed the... Egyptian ruler and, you know, killed him, murdered him, someone that Come was on. just a runner. But, you know, God saw someone who was going to lead the people, mm. his people out of Egypt mm. and lead them to salvation. So, mm. you know, I think that's such an important thing to just be able to encourage others and to just kind of push them towards where God wants them to go yeah. instead of just kind of yeah. putting them in a box. So yeah, for sure. I, I think that's such an important thing to know. And just to see, you know, it's even something I tell my brothers all the time. Yeah, yeah. I always tell my brothers there, and no offense to any of the other kids up there, I always tell my brothers that they're the smartest kids in the world. For sure. And I that's I don't just say that. I truly believe that. Yeah. And, you know, I part of it is because I believe it, and the other part is because I just want to push them to where I know God is carrying them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's just a beautiful thing. What you said is beautiful. Thank you again for just seeing that in me and sure you know there were so many ways that I felt God calling me to do this I just didn't know which avenue to take sure. you know <laughs> believe it or not I used to want to do it through music yeah uh, I used to want to do it through writing writing a book being an yeah. author yeah but I don't know I just felt called to do this the podcast and just walking past this room in the studio every day it just kind of yeah. reinstilled the fact that so the Bible question is, what do you have in your hand? What resource do you have at your disposal right now? And what are you doing with that? How are you stewarding it? How are you building on what you already have? So just because you're starting here, you're, you're, you're pulling up the, you know, you're this side of unwrapping the package, right? 
doesn't mean that a podcast is all of it. I mean, yep. you may still do music. Yep. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. You you might be singing. You might be rapping. You might be, I have no idea. Yep. Um, you might be writing books. You might be writing what they used to call blogs, but it kind of has morphed now. You might mm. be doing, who knows? And that's part of the fun of life, right? So yep. you say thank you. I say you're welcome, kind of. But honestly, man, all, all any of us are doing is just like you're doing with your brothers. You're speaking life. You're recognizing what is there. And it would be uh, it would be lacking in justice. It would be wrong. And the Bible says that the man who knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it's evil, to him it's sin, to him it's darkness, right? So if you recognize somebody's potential and you seek to hold them back, you don't speak the life of God's gifting in their life. You don't recognize it. You pretend like it's not there for whatever reason, because of jealousy, because of whatever. You know, I, I think that's wrong, yeah. you know? So, like, it's just, you know, you're welcome, kind of. Like, it's just doing what's our duty to do, really. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've just been blessed with so many people of wisdom you know, I've always kind of grown around, grown up around people that had more experience in life, people that had more wisdom in life as well. So that's just helped me along the way. And you're definitely one of those people. You know, I like to remember how I met people and when I met people. Uh-oh. And so I going taking it back. We've we've known each other for a while now. We've yeah. built a great relationship going yeah. from just two people that met to, you know, church family to now brothers. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I like to remember how and when I met people. I think we first met when I think it was the summer before I went to college or okay. sometime around there. All right. And it was actually at the front lobby um, in that area. And it may have been before after service. I really don't remember exactly. Uh-huh. But I do remember I was me and I used to just kind of stand was there. Was that visiting or was it? I think so. Okay. And yeah, I was, I, you, I usually just stood there and just kind of hung out before church. And then you came and just started up a conversation with me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't remember exactly what we talked about, but I'm sure it was, there was some type of (laughs) Christianity thrown in there. Maybe. I'm sure we talked about school a little bit, but when I was first introduced to you or when we first met, you were already kind of where you're at now as the pastor, Pastor Brian. Okay. But I think me and a lot of people kind of want to get to know Brian Norris. Good, because so. I don't like the title pastor. Um, <laughs> it, so could you just talk a little bit about, you know, your your childhood, your life, how you got to where you are and things like that? Sure. Can we go back to one of the things that you said a moment ago? You're talking yeah. about Moses and you're talking about him uh, murdering a dude, right? Yeah. And then God is using him, yeah. right? I think we kind of say those things in a very churched up way mm-hmm. without like letting them actually sink in. I, I would challenge the person listening to think of almost any, especially male, but almost any Bible character yeah. that isn't fully broken and pretty jacked up, pretty messed up, right? Yep. A- and I think sometimes we we uh, don't recognize the reality of that. I think one of the most beautiful things about books like the Bible and ancient literature, but especially the Bible, is how candid it is, mm-hmm. how real it is. In fact, a lot of the people that are, Discounting Christianity for uh, for reasons um, that that have some validity, 
but really they just haven't pressed in far enough. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the reason for that is they're like, well, what about this injustice? What about this in the Bible? And a lot of what the, the Bible is doing is showing history of human brokenness, and it's not candy coating it. Yeah. It's not pretending that it doesn't. It's not like, oh, yeah, this is something that God is all about. God is a, all about the slaughter of, you know, huge groups of people and and they need to press into that conversation a little bit more without getting into that too deep. I just would like to point out that whenever we're talking about anybody's uh, history, whether it's a spiritual history or their personal history or who they are, like there's good and there's bad, but the most important thing is that we're talking about authentic. We're talking about like what you're saying, not the window dressing, not the title, not the, um, you know, the Instagram version or the Facebook version or the YouTube version, but what's the real, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I used to think that if you're going to give people the real, you have to give everybody all of it. Yeah. You got to be authentic. I've since learned that you don't, it's, it's not dishonest to recognize that there are some people that are close in your life and they get everything and and they're trusted, you know, brothers and friends and, and family members and wives and our spouses or, 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 you know, and then there are, there, there are some things that not everybody deserves mm-hmm. and it's not wrong to just be like, you know what, this is for me to know and for you not to know. I'm not about to do that. I'm trying to be an open book here. I'm just learning and sharing some life lessons. So what do you want, what do you want to know about me that is not in, um, in reference to, ministry like you say you who's the brian norris i i i would if i'm just going to start i would start with um kind of a gruesome thing um uh, but it's a way that i focus life so i don't think that people are very remembered like you got to be a huge world changer to be in a history book right and most people then in the modern day don't live their lives focused on the people in the history books even if they're recorded right so like to have a a real lasting impact uh, a legacy is something that we can all do but most of us do in faithfulness more in the family culture that we create rather than some global impact like jesus had you know so for me, a, a real thing that I think about is um, what would I like to be on my gravestone? Candidly, I'm kind of a, a cheap dude, like not cheap, but I'm uh, I like to be frugal. So I might there might not be a gravestone. I'm not really all about that. Like I'm trying to leave it all on, on the court now. Like I'm not really concerned, but the idea is still helpful. Yeah, and I think it's as simple as I would like people to think. You know, he he followed Jesus. And uh, he loved his kids well. They knew that he loved his family. You know, like I just, I just really want um, uh, having kids is a is a crazy thing. Um, not, it's not for everybody. Yep. In fact, if you don't know that you want to have kids, I would discourage you. Like it's a good thing. It's an it's it's a, be fruitful and multiply is a biblical idea. But I hear so many people that didn't know that they wanted to have kids that had them anyway. And they're like, the kids know they're unwanted. Yeah. And that's a huge problem in society right now. So I would say, hey, children are a great gift. Uh, everybody, everybody that can, that wants them, should have them. Um, but if you don't know that you want children, don't. For me, 
having kids really focused the purpose of my life a lot. I, I want to be friends with my kids. Um, I want them to. I want to build the kind of life with them that, as they get older, um, they recognize more and more our friendship. I, I. I don't know where they'll be. They could be all over the world, but if we live close, I want them to want to spend time. Yep. You know, with me, and I want to spend time with them. Yep. Um, uh, and that means that I've got to do things kind of differently than some family cultures and, and some of even my family culture did, you know, like I, I have to be accessible and vulnerable and we have to talk about things differently than, yep. you know, and, and I don't really want the window dressing. I don't want my kids to get kind of, a a perfect version of me. I want them to know the broken version of me so that they can deal with their own brokenness, you know? So uh, bottom line, if you were to ask me, who's Brian? I'm like, I'm a dad. I love my kids. I want to see them do great things. Um, I don't, that doesn't mean I don't care about doing great things in my own life because that's part of how they're going to be fueled and motivated. But really, a lot of my life is about training them, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's so amazing that you said that because – that's so like that's so similar to kind of where I'm at, um, you know. With I didn't with, know you had kids, bro. But no, 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 not, <laughs> not with that. <laughs> no, I don't have kids. Yeah. But uh, you know, with my with my little brothers, yeah. Um, I I tell people all the time that my little brothers they saved my life. Mm. Not not giving them credit where Jesus deserves the credit, sure, sure. but you know, in terms of well, let me break it down. So a few years ago, I went on this anthem trip, this uh, retreat to Florida yeah. with this group that I was a part of mm-hmm. in college called M28. Yeah. And uh, me and this one guy talking, we were just com- just had so many similarities. He had younger siblings. I had younger siblings. And throughout that week, God just put it on my heart to just lead my brothers, just be the role model that mm. they need in Come life on. to yeah. you know, get them to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before then I, I did, you know, take care of my brothers. I was trying to be good for them, but I, I wanted to actually be intentional about just sharing the word with them, just mm. building up godly men and, and just being that person for them. But, you know, there's this one quote that I heard on another podcast one time. It said, haven't been there. Can't tell going there how to get there. Mm. And, you know, I was always, Christian, say it again. Been, haven't been there. Uh-huh. Can't tell going there. Had to get there. there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, credit to whoever said I don't remember his yeah, name, but um, you know it. At the time, like I said, I grew up in a Christian household, and I always was a Christian, but I never really put it was intentional about it. Mm. And you know, how would I be able to? build up godly men in my brothers if I wasn't a godly man myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just, from that point on, I just started diving into the word a lot more, being more intentional about my walk, Mm -hmm. trying to live in a, in a, in a godly way, how God would want me to live. Mm -hmm. So I would be able to just share the word with them and be able to not only share it with them, but to actually give them a real life example of how they should walk. 
And obviously everybody has a different path, but just kind of building that foundation for them so that when they venture out and do their, their thing, they can, you know, do it their own way and just remember the foundation. So yeah, I, I think that's such an amazing thing that, you know, we have that similarity where, you know, you were talking about you just want to be the the best father and best friend to your kids. And, mm. you know, I'm the same way with my brothers. But for me, I didn't realize it until that moment at Anthem. So I'm just curious, is that something that you always thought about before you had kids? Or was it something that you kind of grew into while your kids were growing? Well, it kind of dovetails with uh, helping people find and fill their purpose joint that I talked yeah. about. Like, I think that's like, a theme no matter what I do in life I think that's something that um I'm kind of made to do kind of help encourage somebody to be like to see themselves with more vision and more clarity more hope and to like do what their purpose to do mm-hmm. um so when I was little I was I was growing up in the church and I remember like serving um in the nursery with my mom and as like a little kid, and we were a really churched up culture, so like it was a big like promotion to to be in ministry. Yeah. So it's really hard in that kind of setting, just to be candid, to separate calling from uh, the peer pressure of people that you look up to, mm-hmm. right? So that's hard to kind of flesh out. I don't want to pretend that it's not, yeah. but um, there's a lot of pressure to become a minister in that kind of setting, like a vocational minister. Yeah. Things have changed a lot since then, but that's that's the world that I grew up in. And so I remember being like teaching and helping like little kids, like nursery, then like toddler age, and I'm elementary school, right? So like it's so it as early as I can remember, I'm serving in the church and I liked it and I I remember saying to people that I thought that I wanted to be like a children's pastor mm-hmm. because and I was a kid right yeah and then uh I mentioned last week in a message that I became the chaplain of our student body and I started it in high school and it was at a time when the student ministries pastor had uh, left and so there was kind of a vacuum and we had a real large student ministry that was connected to that church and then the school that was associated with it and and so a lot of programs were going to stop and I kind of asked if we got adult sponsors could I lead and and they said yes as long as you have adults with you and so we kind of kept those outreach programs going um, and I, I found in those settings a few things one we had a uh, like a devotional program that happened in the school during the, like through the old school intercom system. Yeah. And so I would write like a motivational kind of biblical moment and like have to do that over to all over the sound system to all my peers, yeah. like several mornings a week. So I'm like, you got to study the Bible to be able to like share the Bible. Right. And then um, I was speaking in chapel, which was, awkward because these are your peers they know you you know and I'm teaching the bible to them so that was a lot of like pressure on my life that was probably beneficial pressure looking back on it um and then 
I became uh, in college and and a student ministries pastor as at, and at a church plant and at the junior high pastor at the church that I grew up at and then went to become a associate pastor at a church in Tennessee um, and I was there for eight years and there's a lot of shaping that happened during that time but. I say all that to say that through those years in student ministry, it felt weird because I didn't have kids and I wanted kids after Laura and I were married. And I had so many people talking to me about, oh, you just wait until you have kids, you know, like it just will change your life. And in my mind at that time, I thought, I don't know what you're talking about. I spend more time with your kids than you do, yeah. you know, like, and, and it was true. Like I had like these kids were like my life. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, for years, more than a hundred teenagers at all, wow. at, at all times that I'm like, I'm connected to, you know, like life on life. And then their friends. I mean, especially in a small town, like in East Tennessee, we had a student ministry department that was pretty large here in Charlotte. We had one that was in Matthews that was really, that was large, but in East Tennessee, that largeness kind of was even more impactful because those kids are all connected to other kids in a much smaller environment. So you can't go to Walmart. You can't go anywhere in that little town without people come. So like you're never off the clock Yeah. everywhere you go. My wife was a teacher in the schools. I was a student ministry pastor. Um, there was a call in radio show called Dawson McAllister live. And it was a late night teen radio program. Uh, that was a Christian radio program. And uh, kids would call in, and um, and a lot of times when they had like a real problem, like they were experiencing abuse, or they'd been molested or raped, or they're having suicidal thoughts, or there's just horrible stuff happening. That radio show would try to connect them to local ministers or counselors to so that they're not like just letting this slip through the cracks. Yeah. So I got listed on that. And in that area of Appalachia, I just, the, the problems came out of the woodwork. So I felt like in one level, I know this is a long answer. At one level, I had like a hundred some kids and their friends who felt like my kids. And then on another level, I had all these other unknowns that were starting to consider me a source of help and hope that were being channeled to me with some like deep, dark, would break me kind of issues. And so yeah. my counseling ministry was like a primary part of that season of my life. So much so that to be candid for a while, I didn't know why I hated phone calls, but, but I later figured out it was trauma. Like every phone call was somebody dying or somebody experiencing tragic pain and I'm yeah. an empath. And so it was like, I had like, Oh no, kind of reaction to that. Yeah. And so I, I kind of got, I don't mean to make it Weird, that's just what it was. So I thought, I've got kids. What are you talking about? I don't have my kids, but I've got tons of kids in the community. Mm-hmm. And then I had my own. And it's not the same thing. I mean, you can, I'm, I'm sorry. I love, I mean, if you're watching this, some like I still am, con- a, a, a lot of those students are now teenagers. I mean, not, not teenagers, are now adults with their own kids. And I get messages from them. And, and like some of them are in church, some of them are not in the church. And especially the ones that are not, when stuff happens, 
I'm still their pastor in their mind. Mm-hmm. So like I'll, I'll get these messages out of like randomly, you know, Hey, what about this? What do I do about this? And, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of times I'll find myself connecting them to sources of hope now, you know? So I don't mean that we didn't have a real relationship. We did. I don't mean that they weren't my kids. They were. I mean, and, and, and you mentioned something really important. I would say a great, a great problem in our current modern society is a, a sense of fatherlessness, mm-hmm. not just in the church, outside the church. Like, so I think what you're doing for your brothers is really important. But I think a lot of people need to be doing that for kids that may not have you as a brother or may not yeah. have me as a dad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, really important. That's why we love partnerships with like Neighborhood Hope and other organizations like that in the community. Because I think fatherlessness and and is a huge, huge problem. All that to say, had my kids. And as soon as I saw Ella on... Um, uh, what do you call it? Not a sonogram. What do they call it now? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> so the the little the, the little the uh, screen. The, the, it's the screen in front of you <laughs> that you know that yeah. you, your wife's there and they're 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 using the sensor to show you your child and you see this heart beating. Yeah. And I find out that I'm going to have a daughter. And I'm telling you something spiritual happen to me in that moment. I mean, not when I'm holding my daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the visual connection to, and, and part of it was for us, we had wanted kids for a, a pretty long period of time and hadn't been able to have them. Yeah. So we kind of had this moment when she first told me she was pregnant. And then there was some, some difficulty that could have been, you know, we could have lost the child. And so we, we're getting to that moment. And it's like, no, this is viable. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that this is real. It was, and, and I, I would, I would say that many parents have experienced this moment. And, and then that deepens when you do hold the child. And again, Ella had some difficulty and was in ice, you know, the NICU. And, and, and so that even bonds you even more. Mm-hmm. And there's just this thing, man, that's like, Okay, I am dad. Yeah, father. It like I've always been a protector, provider, traditional man, and but now I have a like very intentional, very precise focus for that. Like, and I love Laura, but she's grown. I take care of her, but she takes care of herself too. Like that. Like I never have. My I, people see their their marital relationship differently and I'm not trying to tell anybody else how to do their business but we are not dependents we walk beside each other I've never wanted a wife that needed me I yeah. wanted a wife that wanted me exactly. right yeah, exactly. I, and, and I don't want her to need me or to be dependent upon me she's strong one of the things that attracted me to her the most was I, I cared more what she thought than most other people because I valued her intellect not I mean it's great that she's beautiful it's great that she's cool it's great that she's talented Mm -hmm. but she was a friend that I respected Mm -hmm. and that was huge for me um and I've always wanted that in a partnership it's a different level you know and so so my kids they didn't like I want that from them eventually but they can't do any of that 
they are dependent and they should be. Yeah. So that protector provider thing, like it kicked in biologically, it kicked in spiritually, it kicked in because of who I am. And I know that's a long answer, but dude, it was just like, yes, I love this. And I was already doing it. I was already conditioned for it. But now I had like, like three of my own kids to eventually three to, to screw up. You know, like it's mm-hmm. like I've seen other people do this. This, <laughs> this, is, this is my like I can't I, I don't want to make the same mistakes my parents made. I'm sure I'm going to make my own. But this is like this is a project that I can pour all of myself into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, that's that's amazing. You know, even with the idea, no better time than now, I think in that moment, you know, like you were talking about where, you know, you saw Ella and you came to the realization, like, you know, I am dad, you know, there's nothing like actually, there's no, how do I say it? I guess you don't really realize it, that that's a reality until you're actually in it. Mm. You know, even when you were talking about how you, you know, you were kind of like a father figure or just someone who a lot of the youth or the kids could come and talk to before you had your own kids. You know, I truly believe that God was just using that time and just preparing you and just molding you and just, you know, putting you through all those experiences, through all the good. And like you were talking about with some of the bad as well, and just being able to say that there's no better time than now, you know, I've prepared you all this time before through all those experiences. Now you're ready to be the husband, be the father, be the man. I know you said you don't like the title uh, pastor, but be, well, be the can pastor. I, you, you want me to break that down? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So people have a huge separation between um, the, what, what used to be called clergy and laity. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there is a, a real difference other than pastors are to be examples of believers. So in other words, a pastor is just somebody who is following Jesus the same way that everybody should be following Jesus. Yep. And I, I think it's a real problem that we have built a culture sometimes in the Western church that pretends too much. And so what a lot of people think when they hear the word pastor, I know not to be true of me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like it because people think, oh, he's got it all together. Yeah, And that's just really, really far from true. And there are, unfortunately, a lot of my, uh, of other ministers um, that I really don't like, just to be candid. I don't like a lot of pastors. And I don't like them because... They buy that hype. Mm. They feed off of the fact that people, and it's not the only reason why I don't like them. They feed off the fact that people think they've arrived and Mm. they think they've arrived and they, and and they've gotten into this mindset that I think is, and I'm not talking about being humble and uh, in in a negative way of like, Hey, let's downplay. I mean, I'm really, I'm not just saying this. I'm really broken. Like I'm really like, I have real problems I teach the Bible. I try to do it well. I'm not trying to be more broken than I am. I God is, but ultimately, I'm just promoting and seeking to follow Jesus. I'm not. Um, I'm not farther along than most of the people that I'm privileged to, in quotes, lead. Yeah. You know, 
And truthfully, when I came to East, I had been planting churches, and I was um, really, 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 uh, that takes a lot of, it's like uh, starting a business on, and but more. You know, it's like starting a counseling group and a business and a family. and Like, it's it's like everything at once. Yeah. So it's a pretty overwhelming thing. And when you do it serially or, like, more than once, traditionally there would be, like, a sabbatical or a time of rest or something that, like, it's, you can get, like, and I don't, you can get, like, PTSD from it. Mm-hmm. And I, I had it on purpose kind of, like, stopped. Like, I'm not doing this pastor thing right now. And then this project existed in the neighborhood, right? And so I was really animated by the opportunity to see this building turned into a community center. And the more Pastor John and I talked, the more I realized that to do that, I was going to have to or be one of the leaders of the church Mm -hmm. to be able to broker that or to be able to help accomplish that. And that meant wearing the label pastor again, which I was really uncomfortable with. Um, and I, um, and and the other part of that is, you know, it wasn't just about the building project of being a, a source of hope for the community and bringing in all the local nonprofits and lowering their overhead and becoming a community center, which we're even through COVID pacing to do. It's, it's been way different than we would have anticipated, but it's, it is working and it's working because God is good. But there's another layer to that kind of almost PTSD thing that happens through COVID. So I was tired coming in, and I'm more tired now, which is dangerous, you know. And and so I really am trying to tell people, look at Jesus. Like I'm not. It's not pretense. I'm not. I'm not just saying it because it sounds humble. I I really am. We, we, we have good leaders here. We have people that, like a, a Thomas and a Pastor Bernard and Pastor John. We have Jimmy before his job moved him. Mm-hmm. Like, we your, your dad, though he doesn't want to wear the title, like he's doing the work, you know? Like, um, we have these men that I'm like, like, let's put the spotlight on us rather than one of us, mm-hmm. you know? And... Yeah. Uh, and mostly them, you know, because um, there's always got to be a tip of the spear. And I'm not trying to stop doing the work, but I do think that it's okay for the tip to rotate sometimes and somebody else to be taking some hits and blocking for a while. And and, mm-hmm. and that's okay. So all that to say, uh, I'm not, don't hear me wrong, guys. I'm not, I'm, I'm still really invested in this project. I love what, but I, I became aware that I, I love these people too wasn't just about the building and the people here um that that was the good stuff Mm -hmm. so as much as like i i really do think there will be a time that god will let me not have my job with the label pastor Mm -hmm. like i'm not trying to like i think that probably will happen in my life uh with all that is happening in the church i don't think he's going to let me back up from how he's wired me or my calling, I don't. I don't think that. I'll, I. I don't think that I'll have to have the title for my whole life, probably. Mm-hmm. But I do think that I'll be doing the same thing. You know, like people, I'll still be helping people find and fill their purpose, and loving on them, and pointing them to Jesus, and 
Like, and, and I really think everybody should be doing their own version of that. Does that make sense? I'm not, I don't, don't hear me saying like, I'm like, it's okay uh, to realize how not okay you are Mm -hmm. and still keep serving the Lord, Yep. you know, and, and that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can relate to that, to that as well. You know, even with, with this podcast, I think it's, it's crazy how God works because, you know, with the you are story or your story, however you want to say it, the initials the for that, man, however you, you want to say it, the, the initials for that are, is, is us. Yeah. And I, I think that that was very purposeful by God. And it kind of, I never really cared too much about being in the spotlight or anything like that. Although I'm hosting this, you know, I do truly want this to be about us and, you know, but at the same time, I do recognize that, you know, God has called me to kind of lead it. Yeah. And, you know, in some ways that does bring some pressure, even in sure. other areas of my life with, like I said, my brothers or yeah. even at the church or at my place of work or, you know, back in school and stuff like that. You know, I definitely felt a little bit of pressure, um, but I just want I'm curious. Do you ever, even though, you know, with, with you even though, like you said, the pastor, if he about it sometimes, but at the same time, you know, there's this, there's something else I always tell my brother, you know, a lot of times you're not going to ask to be a role model, but you're going to kind of be put in that role. And, you know, not saying that you have to be perfect or you, you have to have all the answers and everything, but there is a sense of, uh, a higher sense of responsibility when you are in that position. Sure. But do you ever feel pressure to kind of, I don't want to say be perfect, but to kind of set that example for the rest of the people that are around you? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not encouraging anybody to avoid responsibility mm-hmm. and there is responsibility in leadership. There, there is. And, and everybody has influence. So everybody in some way or another is a leader, yeah, right? Because definitely. you have to steward the influence that is available to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, you will grow your influence and you'll lead more people in every, in every setting. There are the positional leaders and they're the actual influencers, right? Sometimes the, the, the person that has a, a, a position also has the influence. Definitely. But sometimes there is a person of influence that has nothing to do with the person who has the position. Mm-hmm. Always pay attention to where the influence is in a culture that you exist in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's normally the person that is bearing the responsibility. You know, so I'm, I am, I, to answer your question, yes, I feel the responsibility in a very heavy way. It's part of the reason why uh, I, at some point I, I pray that God lets me take a break, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. not from responsibility, but candidly, um, just taking care of me is a full-time job, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I have spent the vast majority of my adult life, I started working in ministry at 19 years old. Wow. So like, and I'm, I'll, I'll 
this month I'll turn 42. So, um, there hasn't been, and I, look, I know people that have done it for 80, like for 40 plus years. I'm, I'm not, don't, I'm not crying a river here. Um, the majority of my life has been focused on other people. Mm-hmm. I still think it's good to focus your life on others. Yeah. I don't think the self-oriented life is the way to live. Mm-hmm. Don't hear me wrong. But I did grow up in a church culture that had some things that they taught that were unhealthy. And some of those got wired into me, and I'm having to deconstruct or, or unwire that, that, yeah. that thinking. Yeah. So one of those things was this idea that they would use passages like um, no one ever hated his own flesh, you know, and they'd use other passages to say that, that, that self-love is assumed. It's not like you don't have to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, God loves you, and... Um, what we are to do is to deny ourselves, which is true in many areas. Yeah. Um, so they focus their attention on total depravity, um, which is, I think, a true thing that mankind has a nature that is bent towards destruction. There is a that. Uh, we do have the ability to destroy ourselves and those around us, and that is a natural inclination in the heart of men, right? The other side of that coin is the imago Dei, the image of God, and that that we have a, an innate value and purpose in our design that is not bent towards destruction. It is purposed for good, mm-hmm. God's glory, to be uh, to be right to be new, to be reconciled, right? There's the, and so the focus of that culture was pretty negative. Yeah. And it was pretty much exclusively on brokenness, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I'm having to learn as a middle-aged man what it looks like to not assume that I love myself. But 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 yeah. to understand that because God loves me, I too should love the good purpose that He has for me. I yep. too should love uh, the design that He's that He's made for me. Yep. That I that I should be able to look at in um, in the mirror and and quote Scripture and be honest that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. I should be able to say I love you. As cheesy as that sounds. I, I love you. Um, if God loves me, why wouldn't I love yeah. myself? You know, and that that seems like some people are like, in fact, some people are probably watching this and they'll have resistance to this idea. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's a biblical idea. I do think it's consistent. There's not anything that God does that we should not do. Yeah, a- and that's a great way of thinking a- about a- it. Yeah. And that is the definition of godliness. So if God loves us, we should love us too. Not, uh, we, we shouldn't love ourselves and call that like, well, we're just going to remove our, the responsibility from our life. So whatever destructive tendencies we have, we just, we just turn a blind eye to that and call it love. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that we can't 
be honest with ourselves. I, I think we need to, uh, but we do apply God's grace to every aspect of our life so that we can deal honestly with ourselves and move forward. Mm-hmm. We're not stuck in it. Anyway, all that to say, um, I don't know what question you asked, but it, it, I, I think I'm having to learn to love myself was the answer to that. Mm-hmm. It, it, about responsibility is what you what you asked, yeah. and so uh, like uh, the 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 long and short of that is yes, I feel a great sense of responsibility, but the weight of that responsibility is all on God, mm-hmm. because I cannot perform to the um, standard that is um, required, and I don't need to. Um, pretend that I am. I need to make clear that I'm not so that others will feel the freedom to love themselves where they're at and grow in the grace that God has provided for them. And that doesn't mean we don't have responsibility to be growing. That means that the source of our growth is God's goodness and love and grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, that, you know, with, with that point, you know, about loving yourself, you know, it reminds me of kind of the way I, I study scripture, you know, a lot of the time. And I used to study scripture by just kind of glossing over the verses and just trying to memorize them. But, you know, now when I do it, I, you know how, you know, you can put an emphasis on a word in a sentence to kind of make that the focus of the sentence. So when I study scripture, I try to take each word in the verse and make it the focus and just kind of break that down. And what you said about loving yourself, I think it's important. You know, when I when I hear the the verse and the command, you know, love others as you love yourself, mm-hmm. you know, when you just kind of read over it, you know, the focus of it definitely is loving others, which is very important. Yeah. But when you put the focus on the word yourself, you know, you could read it as love others as you love yourself, which makes others the focus, but at the same time, if you make yourself the focus, then you read it, love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't, God doesn't just throw things out there. He puts things in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so just hearing that, I think it's so important to recognize that it says love others as you love yourself. So if you don't love yourself, then you can't really That's love right. others in the way that God wants you to love them. And your interpretation is much, I didn't mean to cut you off. Please yeah. keep going. Your interpretation is much closer to I think it's accurate. It's 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 like the the thing that we always talk to moms about. Like, if you're going to care for your kids well, you must care for yourself well. Mm-hmm. And if you don't care for yourself well, eventually, your caring for your kids is not going to. We talk to moms same the same is true of dads. Yeah. But th- that's that's the thing. Um, I always heard that. That's one of the passages that I always heard taught. I think incorrectly. And the way that I heard it taught was you will see you, everybody loves themselves. That's assumed it's baked into who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just not, that's not true. Yeah. Like everybody seeks to preserve life. That's what they're talking about. That's, and, and even then there sometimes that we have some uh, miswiring in our brains where we don't even have the, the innate desire to preserve our own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about a biological impulse that's uh, survival of the fittest that's not 
the same thing yeah. as the biblical concept of loving self, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, I just think it was a mistake the way that I heard it taught, but it, it got baked into me and it's been really, really hard to get out. Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of really destructive things that I've, I can, I can see in my own thinking. I, I can trace back to that idea and that teaching. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of the time you don't necessarily even real come to that realization until you're already kind of deep into it. You know, I think a lot of people, they live their lives a certain way, but it takes them a while or it may take, unfortunately, sometimes something unfortunate that happens for them to realize that, oh, maybe I was doing this because I didn't truly love myself in the way that God wanted me to, or I didn't love myself the way God loves me. And, you know, kind of a little thing about myself for me, you know, I, I wouldn't say I never love, I, there was a point in my life where I didn't love myself, but there, I've always kind of been hesitant. And, you know, this is crazy because the podcast is called you are story. I was always kind of hesitant to share my story because, you know, I think a lot of the time we're, we're attracted to like the dramatics. Mm-hmm. I've had a very easy life. You know, I've grew up with both parents. Sure. I've, you know, been good at a lot of the things that I've been put into. Sure. And, you know, I've been okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been good. Yeah, there there hasn't really been a major adversity point in my life in terms of just tragedy or other things like that. Um, It's okay, man. It'll happen. You don't have to rush it. I promise. <laughs> Life happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it made me kind of hesitant to share my testimony and share some of the things in my life. Cause it's like, well, this guy has it so easy. He's, you know, has it so good. He's blessed. Why would we want to hear him? So that's just kind of mm. the thoughts that were going yeah, yeah. through my head. But those thoughts weren't from God. It was, mm-hmm. it was from definitely from the enemy. And nobody ever even really said that to me. It was just, you know, I, I heard this quote. You, you know, know some of it was maybe from the enemy, but some of it's just like we've got bad self-talk. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about it. There's only one devil, yeah. right? And, I mean, as much as we like to think that, like, we're, like, target number one, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. And I don't mean to pick up. I know what you mean. It's unlikely yeah. that uh, the real, you know, Satan or whatever has spent very much time on, any one of us, like we're, we're probably low priorities. I'm not like he, he can't, he's not omnipresent. Yeah. He doesn't have the same talents as God. He may, maybe, maybe one of us have been tempted by the real dude, you know, <laughs> but, but, but most of our problems and I'm not trying to pick on you. I mean, I'm yeah. just ta- talking to you the way is our own negative self-talk, like our own, mm-hmm. our own demons. Like, and yeah. I don't mean literal demons. I mean, our, our things are, our things that like, man, and if we could get out of our own way, man, watch out, mm-hmm. you know, because God has a great intentional purpose for us. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I hear you. And maybe it was the enemy. I'm just saying, like, it was not a good thought. But yeah. don't don't blame. I think he gets blamed for some stuff that's just us, man. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely true, definitely. Um, but, yeah, and that 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 is how I thought for a while. But what, what changed that, and I'm sure you remember this, too, uh, I think it was my sophomore year. You invited me and my sister out to lunch, mm-hmm. 
and um, I forget where we went, but it was somewhere in Noda, I think I believe. Okay. And we went out there for lunch, and we were just having a conversation and just talking about the future of the we church. Did a Cabo fish taco. Maybe. Oh, that's my um, joint. It's been too long <laughs> since I've been there. I need some of that in my life. Yeah, yeah go ahead. But yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. But Jacob um, came. No. No, it, just, it was you just and, uh, me, okay. you, and right. uh, my sister. I remember yeah. now. Yeah, it was Cabo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we were just having a conversation talking about the future of the church and things like that. And you were talking about how you were, you know, having a conversation with Pastor John about the welcome and things like that. And just talking about me, you know, with like what I was just talking about with my story and how I was a little bit hesitant. A few weeks earlier, I actually had shared a little testimony about my time at Anthem, mm-hmm. the the organization I was part of, M28, yeah, and how we went on that retreat in Florida. A few weeks earlier, I had, or maybe it was the week before, I don't remember, it was such a long time ago, but I had shared a little testimony about that. And then, you know, you told me that after hearing that, you and Pastor John were talking and y'all were thinking about who could MC for the church and do the welcomes and stuff. Then you said that y'all came to the conclusion that y'all wanted me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's so crazy to think about because the thing that I was so hesitant to do led to probably the biggest opportunity I've ever gotten mm. in my life, which was to, you know, kind of just not just do the welcome, but to just speak life, speak the Holy spirit, just, Oh, you're a leader the in the church. To, and that's, yeah. that's, that's what we were looking for. Somebody that would not just be an MC. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can smile and talk nice. Somebody that would take that and leverage it to impact the lives of people. And you do that. Um, like this, you're not going to like it, but I mean, you're pastoring people, right? Like maybe you do like it. Maybe I remember the time that I liked that, that like, oh yeah, I'll call me Pastor Brian kind of thing. Now I'm just like, yo, just call me B, you know, like yeah. I don't even know I want to hear Brian anymore. Yeah. Like just like, let, um, but I hear you and I like you're, you are gifted, but you're also loving. And so you see and love people. So what happens when you have that kind of gifting is you start to you start to pour yourself out into the lives of people. And that's that's infectious, man. That's what we were praying for. Yeah, and you know, thank y'all again for that opportunity. It's just it it allowed me to kind of just grow just in an immense way and just become who God has prepared me to be. You know, one thing about me, I've I think you, you've definitely heard it before and I've mentioned it in church before, just how I used to be so shy. Yeah. Like some people didn't even know what my voice sounded like and things like that. It's a good voice, man. And I'm jealous. <laughs> appreciate it. But yeah. And like I said, I was, I was good at a lot of things, sports, good in school and other things like that. But the one crutch I always had was my voice mm. and turns out that was my greatest gift. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to use it to mm-hmm. just be, be a, a vessel for the Holy Spirit to just use and mm-hmm. impact many lives and mm-hmm. just see the fruits of the labor and just yeah. the hard work and stuff like that. It's just an amazing thing. But you can know, I, I ask give, you a question about that? I know yeah. you're, it, we're getting close to the end of the time that you want. Yeah. When you were, sometimes people are feel self-conscious about something because it's very connected to their desire or their passion. It's something that they really want. Um, not always. But did you have, like, oh, it'd be cool too, but that's not me. 
like kind of in your mind or did you not have that at all where you're like, no, I, I'm shy. I don't like to speak in front of people. You know what I mean? Did you have mm-hmm. that desire or did you not have that desire? I would say I had the desire, but I always wanted to do it through action instead of like voice. I know voice can be correlated to action sure. as well, but when I say action, I'm referring to like, I used to want to go to the NFL or the NBA yeah. and I used to want to have an impact in that way where yeah. I had a lot of money yeah. and I could use it to give to charity, That's what give I'm to my do, family. Man. And I, when you see me, I'm not in the NFL or the NFL. I'm going to do that business thing, man. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, and I, I, always, I always had a desire to just impact many lives. Um, something I, another quote I heard um, a while ago, it was, it was this guy. His, he's a rapper, Christian rapper named D1. And he said he, and I posted it on my story a few. Man, I didn't think there was a Christian rapper that I didn't know. I don't, I, I'm, you're making well, me feel old. I, or maybe I'm just not listening to enough Christian I, music I guess right I don't think he would classify himself as a Christian rapper. I guess he would just say his songs are inspired by God. Okay, right, right. That makes sense. That's probably better. Yeah. Uh, than, um, <laughs> um, so uh, who would he, who would you like, who would you like, uh, who would you court like somebody else that like, so like chance the rapper would say something like that. Probably he, like, yeah. he, he's probably not as Christian as you're talking about. Right. But like, who would you, who would you compare D one to, or you say D one? Yeah. Like who else sounds like him? Who raps like him? I don't know. He, he's kind of, he's, he's very unique. Okay. Um, but yeah, if, if you're listening to this D one would love to have you on here, by the way, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like I said, I posted this on my Instagram story a few week, uh, maybe a week ago, a couple of weeks ago. He said uh, he doesn't really want to be famous; he wants to be significant. Yes, come on, and you know that sat with me because it's I really never really important. had a desire to be famous. Yes, yeah, significance I I, is where it's at. Yeah, because like an impact. Uh huh. Like, and in fact, um, speaking of Christian rappers, he had a uh, Lecrae had a had a a, a a track called background mm-hmm. and he talked about i can play the background like there was I, i'm not gonna sing but like it was <laughs> and it, and i don't know about d1 but there's some local guys in fact i just saw one yesterday um there's a local guy he's a he's a inspirational rapper or, or was at a time he's more in the business world now but he went by day lee really talented guy named mm-hmm. david uh and he's in the podcast world and stuff we could hook that up like he he would come do his story, I think. I can't, like, I can't, I can't. He's a friend, you know. Yeah. I can give you his number, you know. So, I don't know. I don't have D1's number, but I got Daily's <laughs> number, so. Hey, anybody. This, like I said, this is for us, you know, yeah. anybody. But, yeah, just, you know, a lot of people want to be famous, but not everybody wants to be significant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my desire to go to the NBA or NFL or things like that, it was never really about fame. How good were you, It was just man? about impact. <sighs> You know, Jacob you and Adam, they would always make fun. Jacob and Adam are my two of my great friends, by the way, two of my best friends. But yeah. they, they always make fun of me for this. And my family makes fun of me for this, too. I felt like I and I think I've told you this before. I'm listening. I always felt like I was good enough to make it to the NFL. Do you still I feel just that didn't way? really had the opportunity. Uh, not anymore. Sometimes okay. when I walk up the stairs, I am out of breath. <laughs> I mean, did you <laughs> do you look back on? that time in your life when you were in the best shape of 
your life at that time. Yeah. Do you look back and say, oh, yeah, I was good enough? Or do you like, nah, I wasn't good enough? I actually do believe I, I was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever played with any NFL players? So uh, Sam Howell, he just got drafted this year to the uh, Washington Commanders. I went up against him in middle school. Okay. But <laughs> I'm just saying, so the, the, the thing that, because, like, I remember having some thoughts kind of like this once. Um, uh, so, like, soccer was, I, I, I played basketball and soccer in high yeah. school. And I originally got into soccer because I wanted to be in really good shape for basketball season. That mm -hmm. was the, like, main thing was I just, I knew I would run a lot. And, um, and I was not naturally gifted at basketball, but I really cared a lot about it. Yeah. I found that I was pretty naturally gifted at soccer, actually, but I didn't really care that much about it. So it's a weird thing how sometimes what you want. Anyway, it's a different conversation. <laughs> um, all that to say is I got to the place where I'm like, I'm pretty good at soccer, you know? And then I played with some professional soccer players. Mm. And I was like, oh, my goodness. These guys, they do things that, like, because you watch them. Yeah. And then that's one thing you play with them and you don't realize how good what they're doing is because yeah. everybody on the field is similar levels of goodness. Yeah. I mean, any, I would, I would just say anybody that thinks, and I'm, I'm close to pro <laughs> just play a game of, of basketball, play one-on-one -on -one, play, you know, a pickup game with a professional basketball player <laughs> and just feel <laughs> their shame, you know, like in football, man, those dudes are huge, yeah, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I, I look, I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm not saying you weren't that good. I'm just saying that's good. Those guys can fly. Those guys hit hard. Yeah. It's no joke. Anyway. So, if you were that good, I really, I really feel bad that I didn't get a chance to watch you play. Like, I would have really, you got any tape? I want to see that tape, man. Yeah, I, I have some, uh, I'll, I'll show you. Okay. But yeah. All right. It, but yeah, long story, long story short, um, yeah, I, I just, I always wanted to kind of go back to your point about uh, if, if, about the speaking significant. thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was never about fame. It was just about significance. I didn't realize that until I actually heard that quote and I was like, okay, that's kind of an embodiment of what I've always wanted to do. But like I said, I wanted to do it through sports and just have an impact yeah. being on that high of a platform. Sure. Um, Which is great. Yeah. But yeah, once I started, you know, just doing the welcomes and kind of diving deeper into the word and just getting more experience in that and just sharing the word of the Lord, I feel that God is taking me to a place where I'm going to have a lot more impact doing that than I would have doing NFL or NBA or any of that stuff. So I, I think this is definitely where I was always called to be. Sure. And it's not even more or less or this or that, in my opinion. It's just what is in you. Mm -hmm. What has God put in you? And so doing something it's like Saul's armor right like yeah. David David's like this is not my joint this yeah. is not for me but I have a skill set mm -hmm. and God can use it and watch what he's gonna do so let's go like let's kill a big man you know yeah. let's do it 
And um, I, I just think that's the same. It's the same for all of us. So many times we see somebody doing, I don't care who your favorite preacher is, you know, you see T.D. Jakes on TV and you're like, man, if I could just have that gap in my teeth and smile like this man and tell a story, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you could just, if I could just be that, or maybe you're like, you love, you know, Matt Chandler at like in, in the village church and, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, man, if I could just teach the Bible and weave in this humor in this like kind yeah. of hipster kind of way, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, but you know, it's not about being them. You sometimes might try somebody else's voice on for a minute to find your own, but that's not what it's about. It's about finding what God has put in you and letting him grow that in you until it overflows from you into the lives of others. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see that happening in your life and it's really cool. So let it, like, thank you for letting us witness it. Thank you. Definitely. But yeah, um, coming to the end, but thank you so much for, yeah, for being on fun. here. You know, I, I felt is it this was what you wanted. I mean, I, I don't want to mess up your show. I feel like I talk too much. Is that no, right? no, no, it, that that's perfect. Okay. I, you know, I, I felt it was just right. You know, it felt right to have you on as the first. Thanks, man. The first guest. Um, truly humbled. You know, I, it, it wasn't expected. Yeah, and thank you again. I appreciate it so much. My pleasure. How can and how can anybody who's watching get connected with you if that if that's your desire or anything like that? Um, man. It depends on who the somebody is out there. If it's my desire or not, I used oh, to I, I used to want to connect with everybody. Now it's like like uh, there are some people just to, no no offense, but yeah, I'm probably not for you, and you're probably not for me, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. So yeah. like, um, if if you feel like there's something that you'd like to talk to me about, probably the best thing to do is just email me from a start, mm-hmm. and that's just. Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at eastcityclt.org. And, um, you know, just hit me up there, and we can go from there. I'm not really about building uh, social media right now, so I'm not trying to flash those things out there. Um, I've got projects, but this isn't the the place for – I'm not ashamed of any of them, but, like, there's no need to connect. Just keep following the You Are Story uh, podcast and – you know, Gabe knows how to get a hold of me. Definitely. Thank you all for, for listening and tuning in. Um, all the links will be in the description. Please follow us on Instagram at you are story podcast, uh, follow up, subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, all the links will be in that description as well. And just keep rolling with us. You know, I feel like God is going to do some great things. Thank you again, uh, for, for just yeah. being here. It's being yeah. a guest. It was an honor. Oh, it a, <laughs> it's my privilege, man. Lots Definitely. of fun. Definitely the privilege is all mine. And, you know, it, it's it's God is going to do some great things. I hope you were encouraged and just are moved by just hearing this conversation. And it'll just lead you and help you with your own story as well. And like I always say, you know, it just affirms the fact that we're not just a part of the story, but we are the story. So something I always like to say That's is dope. you're not just welcome, but you're wanted. And we want you here. We want you a part of us and mm-hmm. just hearing these stories. So. Again, thank you and see you next time. See you next time.